The Christian and His Environment is a presentation designed to prepare you to evaluate the degree to which protection of the environment should occupy the goals and activities of a Christian. Three of the world's great religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, teach that we are created beings. At the beginning of human history, our first father was given a permanent mandate by God. God said to the human race, Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the creation. He then put our first parents into the Garden of Eden to tend it. The Hebrew etymology of this English word tend has the idea of guarding or preserving something. Out of this divine mandate, then, comes the concept of environmental stewardship. We are responsible for the condition of this planet, of this garden that we live in. How should we respond to this mandate? Well, by doing science, man has gotten somewhat behind the divine command and now understands some of the reasoning behind it. So the modern 21st century agnostic is something of an environmentalist. He tries to guard and protect the earth for a very selfish reason. It's his home. If he wrecks it, it's all he has. This sentiment has brought considerable political power to the Green Movement. We must protect our home. Is this concern a sufficient motivation for Christian involvement in the Green Movement? What is the Christian's response supposed to be to a mandate from his Creator? What heart attitude should he bring to such a mandate? Let's assume for discussion's sake that our attitude of heart is to be a loving response to the command of a loving Father, and not a frantic and selfish rush to protect our home from abuse by industrial polluters. Even so, we still have major issues to settle. For example, the stewardship mandate was given to man in the Old Testament. We are now New Testament Christians. Spiritual realities have now taken precedence over the physical realities of our world. Should we still bother ourselves with a physically oriented Old Testament command? Well, what would be the implications of ignoring it? If we exploit and abuse our current physical home at the expense of the physical welfare of our neighbors, what sort of inner attitude does this display? Is this attitude consistent with New Testament morality? Some evangelicals view environmental issues from the perspective of the imminence of Christ's return. Christ could return at any moment. Why should we as his children waste time caring for an earth that is passing away? 
This reasoning sounds scriptural, but it does not keep us from wondering about the natural quality of the foods that we buy in our stores. We can't escape an inner sense that we ought to leave behind us a world that is physically as pristine as the one we received. But these theological issues soon give way to more practical ones. Let's assume that obeying God's stewardship mandate is the right thing to do. How involved do I become in this process? Should I just read a good book on the subject? So I become a more responsible consumer of manufactured goods? Or should I actually say yes to joining a team that's going to clean up trash along our local highway? I've already said no to a brother who's asked me to go door to door sharing news about what's happening at our church. These practical questions are at least as difficult as the theoretical ones. We feel a strong temptation to be minimalists in practicing environmental stewardship. After all, the Apostle Paul never talked about this stuff. He said he wanted to know nothing among his baby church members except Christ and Him crucified. Why should the church get involved in this environmental movement? Won't we just be misinterpreted as a few more selfish earthlings trying to save our planet? What we lack here is what Paul might have said to a modern-day Corinthian church, one that has a genuine potential to seriously pollute the environment. In Paul's day, little if any such potential existed. Could that be why the New Testament says nothing in particular about protecting the environment? Well, won't an acceptable response to God's mandate emerge automatically from the truly Christian mind and heart? I mean, if we set out to fulfill the great commission of the New Testament, won't God's Spirit work in the hearts of men, new Christians, to generate a thoughtful concern for wise use of resources? Won't new converts just naturally want to protect the earth for the good of their children? If so, then the green movement in our churches is a waste of time. New believers will just naturally want to buy smaller cars, fewer clothes, simpler foods. They will not want to work for a company that pollutes the environment. What the green movement in our churches is discovering is that these new attitudes towards nature are not arising naturally in the hearts of new converts. Rather, new believers appear to need information in order to understand how to carry the implications of their faith into a highly technical and selfish world where environmental abuse is not immediately obvious. But even churches committed to environmental awareness have questions to answer as well. Should a green church 
Simply promote that awareness, but allow individual members to respond privately in their own political, personal, and professional decisions and interactions? Or should the church pull together committees and action groups that go out and take on environmental messes or lobby for environmental legislation? How broad should the church's ministry be in the world? Should we offer group therapy to divorcees or food banks for the hungry? Should we, as Paul implies, establish arbitration groups to settle disputes between church members? How pervasive should be our institutionalizing of New Covenant principles? May our Lord give us both wisdom and strength to address these challenging issues. Only a thoughtful understanding and application of New Testament principles will help us to approach our Lord's answers to these most important questions.